0: Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows. All of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode Episode number 45 is entitled, Thou Shalt Take Some Time to Rest. Well, I don't feel all that old, but I'll tell you this, things change over the years, and at this point in my life, if you want to tell me to take some time to rest, I'm going to try. More to the point, if you tell me to take some time to take a nap, I promise you I'm your guy. I will admit, I'm not very good at the short kind of naps that they say really are the very best for you. And I heard something last week that I just could have gone a long time without hearing that said that as you get older, if you take really long naps, you increase your chances of dementia. I guess I'll just have to take that chance because I'm not good at the short ones, but I already am pretty good at the long ones. I'm so good that I can take a long nap on a Sunday afternoon go to bed that night, and sleep just like a baby. I really am good at napping. Sleeping is one of the best things that I do. As I said, I don't feel all that old, but I will admit it had been a couple of years with all of the COVID mess and all of the attendant problems since I had gone skiing. We live not that far from the mountains of New Mexico, and I really enjoy skiing, always have. Never get to do as much of it as I'd like to, But it had been a couple of years, and I didn't need to take a couple of year break, except it was sort of forced on me. And so a couple of weeks ago, it was spring break where we live, my good friend and his wife asked us if we'd like to go to their cabin up near Sipapu, New Mexico, and Lonnie and I could go and ski for a while, and my wife and his wife could go to Taos and go to the shops and that kind of thing, and it just really sounded like fun. Now, I've always got so much work to do that it's kind of hard to pry me loose, but once I get pried loose, I do pretty well. I can lay it down just fine once I'm gone. And so we went up there, and we skied. Maybe I shouldn't have used that term, lay it down. On a motorcycle, you really don't want to talk about laying it down. Well, I just had to lay it down. That sounds like a wreck to me, and I try to avoid wrecks on two wheels. I didn't have to lay it down too often up on the ski hill, I will admit, I laid it down a couple of three times on the second day and it was the kind of thing you laugh about. You know, you get a chance to go through that rope or over that rope or under that rope. My oldest son said, dad, it's a little arrogant for you to even say you had the opportunity to go over the rope. Maybe so. I didn't want to go through it. So I laid it down and just ended up laughing about it and put my skis back on. And here we go. I just lost one actually. But anyway, I kept on skiing and it was just fine. We had a couple of really good days up there. It was a lot of fun. But I did notice something this time. I noticed that I didn't feel a huge need to get to the mountain just immediately when the ski lifts were opening. I knew I'd have enough time to ski if we slept in a little bit and got up there just a little bit later. And so it was okay. I really didn't mind that that much because I was pretty tired by the time that was over. But I did it, and I felt good about doing it. And then I get home, and oh yes, I'm ready to rest. I will admit that. I am more than ready to rest. And yes, I was a good deal sore, but hey, we did it. It was beautiful, and it's exhilarating to go up on the mountain, even when you're not being exhilarated by sheer terror. It's good to be up on the mountain and take in God's beauty and really enjoy it. But yeah, a little rest time while you're up there, stopping occasionally and getting your breath and all of that is not a bad thing. And a little rest time once you get home is surely not a bad thing. So anyway, I love to do the things I love to do. But the thing that makes them so nice is I know I'm going to be taking some rest, kind of regrouping once the whole experience is over. I don't have any trouble with taking some time to rest. It's funny, isn't it, how your perspective and your body changes over the years. One of the things that's most fun, and there's so many fun things about having grandkids, is that as they go through the various stages in their lives that you went through a long time ago, you're reminded of those stages. We've got some sweet little grandkids now, a lot of whom have learned to ski up with us up on the mountain. And now the older ones, our oldest granddaughter now is 15. Now the older ones are just out skiing me. They can do anything they need to do up there just fine. We've gone from the place, I'm afraid, when the kids would come up and say, oh, papa, would you ski with us? And you say, of course I would, I'd love to, to the time that one of these days I'm going to hear them saying, you know, we really ought to ask papa to ski with us. And it might be kind of a pity vote, but they love me, I love them, and we've still got some little, little ones around too that are learning, and so all that's fun. But one of the things about being a granddad that I like the most is that as these little guys are going through the stages and the various experiences in life that I've already gone through a long time ago, they remind me of those experiences. Do you remember when you first went to school, there was a list of things, of course, just like there is now, that you had to take with you? Some things that were important for your experience there in school. And I was thinking the other day, as I was talking to some of the grandkids, about some of these things. And I want to talk about one of those items particularly in just a moment. Sure is good to have you with us today. Let me do just a little bit of an ad. I told you, and I've told you a lot in the last uh, number of episodes here, that I recorded a new album a while back. It's called Almost Home. I love the music. We went up to Nashville to record that, and good grief, just watching those guys play is quite an honor in itself. As I've told several people, my job was just to not mess it up. Those guys are amazing. Amazing. And if all you could do on the album was just listen to the instrumentals, that would be way more than enough to make it worth the price. I hope you might be interested in that. If you'd like to listen to some of the tracks on that album, oh, there's some great old hymns, there's some great gospel songs, there's just a lot of fun stuff there that I think anybody might enjoy. If you'd like to listen to some samples, head over to my website at www.curtisshelburne.com wwwc no space, dot Give a listen and let me know what you think. Let me give you a little background here from the view of an independent artist. I'm not whining. I am so thankful that I've been able to record the albums that I've recorded. This has been my fourth. I'm proud, really proud of every one of them. It's just been a great experience, and I've worked with some wonderful people along the way. I'll tell you, though, from the perspective of an independent artist, it really is hard to get your product out there. You're excited about it. You know it's good. I mean, let's just be honest here. I think I can tell you this thing is good. It's really good. I don't think I messed it up too much, and I think you'd really enjoy it. But COVID came along, and all of a sudden, the in-person concerts kind of, well, they just went away. And then what you need to do normally is to sell some music, sell some albums. Some of these are available even on USB now. You need to sell some of your music, but you also need the honoraria and that kind of thing that you get from going to the various venues. All of that comes together and it helps independent artists be able to do what they do. Most of us are really kind of hard pressed to have many stores that carry our stuff We don't have a record label that's pushing our stuff. And so we have to do all the marketing and everything. I'm not whining. I'm just so thankful that I've been able to do this, but I'm really dependent upon these album sales and it's going well. And a lot of people have been, been buying it and I'm thankful for that. But I tell you, if you think you might be interested, may I just make a plea here from the bottom of my heart, if you'd like to help in this particular music ministry, Goodness, I would love it if you would contact me on the website. You can buy the music right there. You can send me a note or whatever and tell me exactly what you'd like, and I'll be happy to send it to you. I really would appreciate it. I need to support my habit, and I've been able to do that for a number of years now, and I think it'll continue, but it's because of good people like you, and I sure do thank you. And now, let's focus on faith. Do kindergartners still take rest mats with them when they go to school as the term begins each year? I told you I'd talk a little bit about some of the equipment, you know, that kids take with them to school, and I think there's still some of this going on. I remembered it a long time ago. It was actually first grade for me when I started public school in Amarillo, Texas at San Jacinto Elementary School. I had already completed kindergarten diploma in hand. That is, K for kindergarten was the private kind. My folks paid for because they thought I could do with the socialization. I'm sure they were right. School districts had not at that time signed on to pick up their students at the hospital the moment the birth certificate ink was washed off their itty-bitty feet. It was different back then. Mrs. Marvine Francis was my kindergarten teacher. She was great. We did fun things like growing beans in soil in little milk cartons, Except for the first day or so, my experience there was great, and she was, all through the year, wonderful. I do remember on day one that mom and dad had promised me that we were just visiting to check things out, and that I didn't have to stay if I didn't want to. Well, now I can't imagine that they actually uttered those words, but that is the message that lodged in my little head. The place seemed okay to me. But I had weighed the decision carefully and figured I'd just go home and continue on with my life. Thank you very much. It was nice of you to offer. Kindergarten seemed like a good thing for a lot of kids, but I probably would pass. No, I wouldn't. My school career had begun, and my life would never be the same. On the following autumn, my post-kindergarten graduate work commenced at San Jacinto Elementary School. I can, and one day will, tell you more stories about an absolutely wonderful principal and some amazing teachers, but what I'm thinking of now is school supplies. A cigar box was required. Sadly, well, it's sad to me now, I don't think it smelled like cigars, but come to think of it, I do remember you could buy candy cigarettes at the school store. Whether or not that was a good idea is another question. The box held scissors which could hardly cut paper, but would certainly not cut your fingers. You had your little bottle of Elmer's glue with its orange top, and it would fit nicely into that box. You could throw in a couple of big, and I mean really big and fat, pencils. I do recall, it's funny what you remember, large erasers were forbidden at this point, and my impression is that having an ink pen in your cigar box would issue in at least a paddling and probably jail time. Also, of course, each student had the obligatory Big Chief ruled tablet. These things wouldn't fit into your cigar box, but they were impressive. You remember those? Deep red. With a formidable Indian Chief's visage splashed across the front in bold black. I wonder if you can still find those. They probably are not politically correct, Maybe they're Big Commander tablets now, Big Commies for short. Idiots. Anyway, I digress. But the largest and, I thought, perhaps most important item I took with me to first grade was an inch-thick, quarter-folding, plasticky-smelling rest mat. Mine was blue and red, foretelling, I'm sure, my destiny to excel six years later when I began seventh grade at Sam Houston Junior High. Hail the red and blue, honor, love, and true devotion we will give to you. I would learn later that most of the schools in our area use that particular tune, but we had words suitable to Sam Houston Junior High, red and blue. I went to San Jacinta, which was purple and gold, if any of the elementary kids cared that much, prepared to learn and Prepared to rest a bit each day. Mrs. Carmody, hair redder than Lucille Ball's, and fiercely determined that her students would succeed, wouldn't put up with talking out of turn or dirty fingernails, she actually checked our fingernails every day, or any funny business at all at any time during the day. She loved us fiercely. Oh, she loved us, she really did. I know how much now. And yes, When it came time to roll out the rest mats for our daily nap, napping was the serious business at hand. No talking, no snickering. I don't remember being particularly excited about nap time then. Now, of course, I'd pay somebody good money to make me take one every day. Every day. No ifs, ands, or buts. No talking. Dream if you wish. There's stuff to do later. You've got time. You can cut, you can color, you can paste, you can string some letters together, you can read some letters other people have lined up, but for now, the serious business is rest. Most of us adults are so pig-headed that we'll resist ever taking any real time to rest, even if God orders it in a commandment, which, by the way, He did. Our refusal doesn't mean that we'll get away unscathed and avoid the crashes that will come from a lack of rest, and the idolatry which says that if we ever stop for a moment, God probably won't be able to spin the world without us. But we are, forgive me, as dumb and undisciplined as we are arrogant. Stressed-out families pay a high price for such foolishness. I still think Mrs. Carmody was right, and I still think, on this and many other points, God and Mrs. Carmody were completely agreed. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.